Hello, everyone. I'm Paul Menzel. And I'm Jim Conlon. And this is New Tricks for Old Dogs. Our podcast features the many ways us older men and women howl at the moon, odd news items you don't normally hear about, and conversations with other old dogs who are growing bolder, not older. So if you've got 25 minutes or so, grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us. In this episode, the old dogs ramble about, um, oh yeah, memory issues. We report on an embarrassing Canadian cover-up. We bring you another installment from our chief aging officer. We have a quiz. How many oceans can you name? Bet you're wrong. If you keep stumbling into things when you're on your phone, a Korean guy has invented something that will help. And we share the important news that the COVID vaccines are not, in fact, magnetic. The Old Dog's Conversation is with Dale Irwin, Tim Slagle, and Carolyn Strauss, three boomers who interviewed the Old Dogs for their own podcast. Stay with us. Paul? Hmm? What's on your mind today? Oh, I got something juicy, Jim. Really? I just, I just got back from my wife's family reunion. Mm-hmm. Uh, first generation, second generation, and some pieces of a third generation. And uh, it was such a challenge to remember the names of everybody. No kidding. You uh, see them how often or ever? Every two years. Every two. Well, well every two years there's a, two. A, an official reunion. Yeah. We, we see them more often than that. Okay. Uh, but at any rate, that, that sort of comes to mind that the plague of people our age is your memory is just not as sharp as it used to be. Really? What makes you say that? I said, you've forgotten how much you've forgotten? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? You have to develop strategies like you got to put things in the same place so you don't have to be searching, like keys, car keys. Yes. They have to go in the same place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how do you remember what place that is? Somehow that sticks because mm. it is always the same. Okay. But if you try right. to memorize a new place every mm-hmm. time you set them down, yeah. you're doomed. Okay. And those are just objects. Now, uh, here's another uh, area where we can be very much in danger, and that is what we said. Do you remember what you said to me yesterday? Absolutely not. No. And how about your wife? Does she pull that uh, little question on you frequently? <laughs> I have trained myself to remember what really what i say to my wife at least certainly with over a a day or two well what do you write it down uh no you you know sometimes memory it works just fine yeah um but i think the problem is we go through each day having to encounter exercises of memory Mm -hmm. and it just ain't working the way it did in our 20s where did i put that tax return yeah did we pay that electric bill and sometimes, you know, you could say, well, just look in the checkbook. And the checkbook is blank. Well, I tell you what is a challenge for me, too, is sometimes I will make a, a time commitment on the fly and not mm-hmm. write it down. Not write it down. And it's gone. Well, as a matter of fact, I had to wake you up this morning just to get you down to the studio. I don't remember that. <laughs> and neither do I, but I wrote it down. Ah, well, good enough. So yeah. about writing it down. 
Yo. Where do you write things down? Is there one place? Is there like a big uh, whiteboard in your kitchen? Okay, there's another hazard. Okay, <laughs> you don't want to use post-it notes or Scraps little slips of paper. Of paper. Right. That, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. The big challenge always remains names, though. Names yeah. and sometimes context. Mm-hmm. You, you recognize somebody's face, but oh, mm-hmm. hell, what's the context? Yeah. Uh, are we friends or are we enemies? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you develop strategies for greeting people without mm-hmm. using their names. Right. Uh, hey, Bubba, how's it mm-hmm. going? Yeah. Hey, big guy. Yeah. Hey, Horace, how are they hanging? <laughs> yeah, which is not too smart when you're talking to a woman. No. And that's actually a pretty good strategy for a lot of replies if people say something to you that requires you to remember the context. Well, and, and you can kind of like build in some mnemonics like, good to see you. Gosh, I can't remember. How long has it been yeah. since I saw you? Yesterday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a Canadian member of Parliament was caught letting it all hang out during a virtual meeting of the House of Commons. This pod nugget is from the ever-reliable Sky News for April fifteenth, 2021. William Amos, who represents a district in Quebec, was paying attention to a virtual meeting as he changed clothes after a workout. He thought the video was turned off, but it wasn't, and his fellow legislators got an eyeful. The naked display was originally only visible to Parliament members on an internal conference feed, But, you know, a screenshot was quickly obtained by the Canadian press. It showed him in all his glory with a cell phone for strategic coverage. (laughs) He apologized for his cheeky behavior, saying it was an unfortunate error, but by this time he was the butt of several jokes. He can only hope that this display of his shortcomings will not hurt his re-election chances. And now here's another commentary from our chief aging officer, Kathleen O'Brien, author of Reclaim Your Right to Grow Old. At this point in our lives, there may be things we don't want to do anymore, and we don't have to. Because one of the reasons being old is so much fun is that we don't have to do what we really don't want to do. With two little exceptions, we do have to pay taxes and... We're going to have to die. But don't think about that stuff right now. Think about the things you really don't want to do. Here's my list. Drive on a freeway at night. I don't see as well as I used to. It's something about depth perception and bright lights. Whatever party you're throwing, I'm not coming if it's dark. Or you don't live a stone's throw away. Ski. I never skied, and I'm not about to take it up. I know I live in Colorado, but I don't follow trends. What's trending with me as I age are no bruises, no sprains, no breaks. Fix Thanksgiving dinner again. I like turkey as much as anyone, but I've been cooking tea day dinner for over 50 years. Like the turkey never seems to be, I'm done. I want to swan into the festivities next year hold a glass of wine, and chat with family and friends. I don't want to cook or clean up your kitchen, but I do promise not to complain about your green bean casserole. Schlep food. When you invite me to dinner, I don't care if you serve canned soup. I am coming to enjoy you and the company of your sparkling guests. 
I don't want to bring something, so don't expect me to volunteer. I'm too old to balance a dish on my lap in an Uber only to bring leftovers back across town late at night. Doesn't it feel good to get that off my chest? You'll feel the same way, too, once you make your list of things you don't want to do anymore. As Guta said, just trust yourself, then you will know how to live. Take his advice, unless you really don't want to. Working at home during the pandemic has made it all too easy to sneak in a daily nap. And now researchers are calling it the new coffee break. This pod nugget is from the Washington Post for February 1st, 2021. There are two biological processes that contribute to daily drowsiness. The first system is circadian, which prompts you to stay awake during daytime and asleep when it's dark. It's driven by the hormone cortisol, which decreases during the day. The second system is homeostatic, which makes you sleepier the longer you've been awake. The benefits of napping show up in study after study. Naps enhance creative problem solving. They can boost and restore brain power. People who nap once or twice a week have a lower risk of cardiovascular disease and so on. Of course, not everyone can tolerate naps. There are some that feel groggy when they wake up. Hmm. Also, sleeping during the day can make it difficult to fall asleep at night. The optimal time for a nap, they figure, is around 20 minutes. That makes it relaxing without affecting your normal sleep. Unfortunately, folks who have developed a nap habit during the pandemic may have trouble maintaining nap time in an office setting. Okay, no kidding. Most employers won't be receptive to a nap mat in your cubicle. I, do, I don't know why they wouldn't <laughs> understand that. However, we boomers are at a point in life where we create our own schedules. If you need an excuse, research has shown that napping can protect older folks from cognitive decline and dementia. So I tell you, conduct your own studies on the benefits of a short nap now and then. I'm going to try it right now, Paul. So how many oceans can you name? There are five now that the National Geographic has made it official. This pot nugget is from the Washington Post for June 10th, 2021. The oceans are the Arctic, the Atlantic, the Pacific, the Indian, and the latest entry, the Southern Ocean. It is defined as the waters around Antarctica that extends to 60 degrees south latitude. Perhaps it should have been named the Antarctic Ocean, but maybe that's too hard to pronounce in cold weather. Although the name Southern Ocean has been in use since 1999, it was primarily in scientific circles, not the general public. Since it was unofficial, there was a lack of agreement on the boundaries of the body of water. Official recognition by the National Geographic Society, which is the mapping standard for many maps and atlases, means that the Southern Ocean will now have accepted geographic boundaries. It will become part of school curriculum and countless bar trivia contests. That's where I'll be. We've all seen videos of people running into things while absorbed in their phones. Well, a Korean inventor has come up with an electronic device to save us from cell phone accidents. Hooray! This pod nugget is from Sky News for June 5th, 2021. The device is a robotic eyeball that's strapped to a person's head centered just above their actual eyes. (laughs) When the user's head is lowered to look at their phones, the device's translucent eye opens, which sounds an alarm when the person comes within a meter of an obstacle. Well, the device isn't actually an eye. 
spy. More accurately, it's an alarm for the distracted. It uses a gyro sensor to register the angle of the user's neck and an ultrasonic sensor to calculate the distance between the eye and any obstacles. It is somewhat similar to the way a bat navigates. The inventor says his device is satirical and it's only in the design stage. But we'll see who's laughing when he starts marketing his invention. For now, it all seems rather batty <laughs> to me. Perhaps we are interfering with a natural process of painful life lessons for the distracted. Look out, Paul. An anti-vax nurse tried to illustrate that the coronavirus vaccine makes you magnetic by holding a metal key to her neck. It didn't stick, nor did her testimony. <laughs> this pod nugget is from the Yahoo News for June 10th, 2021. The Ohio State House was hearing testimony about a bill that addressed civil liberties regarding compulsory vaccinations. So you know that the cuckoos would be coming out of the clock. One of the first speakers was an anti-vax doctor named Sherry Tenpenny, who claimed that the COVID-19 vaccine could magnetize people because of magnetic particles in the vaccine. She said that people could apply spoons and forks all over their bodies and they would stick. Later in the day, an anti-vax nurse who was inspired by the doctor's testimony tried to demonstrate her magnetism to the hearing by applying first a key and then a bobby pin to her neck. Neither stuck to her body. Despite the failed demonstration, she continued as if it was a dramatic success. <laughs> so, if someone can explain this, it would be great. Are there any questions? Well, the natural question was, didn't you just prove the effects of gravity rather than magnetism? Well, this would normally be laughable, except it was a serious hearing regarding Ohio state legislation. And a couple of people were given a forum for half-baked theories regarding pseudoscientific gobbledygook. Why can't these people just dress funny, paint their faces, and scream nonsense in support of their sports team like normal people? Yeah, hear, hear. Dale Irvin, Tim Slagle, and Carolyn Strauss are three very funny folks who have a podcast called Another Day Above Ground. A while ago, they asked us to be a guest on their show, and we thought highly enough of the conversation that we thought we'd share it. Here it is, edited for maximum laughs and minimum content. All right. Sorry, we're usually not anywhere near this um, ready. Yeah, are you afraid go? you guys are a little too slick, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Oh, we're, okay. we're, we're not slick at all. We're mired in uh, morass. <laughs> but what we wanted to do, you know, is because we do this podcast for baby boomers. We wonder if anybody else out there is trying to reach baby boomers. And I'll be darned if we didn't find a podcast called New Tricks for Old Dogs. And it's hosted by Paul Menzel and Jim Conlon out of Houston, Texas. Gentlemen, Welcome to another day above ground. Well, it's a pleasure. Howdy. We, yeah, we stumbled across your podcast too, and uh, we're really, still recovering. Yeah, really, <laughs> really. Uh, and that is what us baby boomers do—we stumble, isn't it? We we didn't run across your podcast. We didn't fly by it. No, exactly. We stumbled on it. Perfect, right, guys. right. Now your uh, your podcast, obviously, also aiming for baby boomers, called New Tricks for Old Dogs. How did you come up with that name? Well, we did all sorts of variations on dogs and tricks. Our, our first one was, of course, Old Dogs with New Tricks. And there actually was a podcast 
about right. dogs. Actual <laughs> dogs. It was actually about dogs. <laughs> they beat us to it. Yep. <laughs> That's all right. We're big with funeral directories. It's all good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. dogs. So dogs. after playing around and doing a word search, we ended up with new tricks for old dogs. Anyhow, your podcast is is similar to ours, but it's it's far more structured as opposed to ours, which we call Seat of the Pants Broadcasting. And uh, you ha- also have uh, interviews every episode with baby boomers. And how do you decide who to interview? Uh, usually the personals in the local paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they First of all, they have to agree to be on the show. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes that's a that stumbling easy. block. <laughs> Always uh, get consent. That's good for anyone know. of any age. Yes. And, and so, you know, uh, our very first guest we found in uh, the Washington Post. He was uh, a retiree in Salt Lake City, and he and his buddies were giving free advice uh, at uh, a nearby, yeah, it was a farmer's market. Farmer's right? market type, type of deal, yeah. Right. It started out as a joke, and pretty soon they started getting some serious questions, you know. <laughs> Life and death, actually. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, he was funny. He was a very funny guy. So we have gone through our Rolodexes, uh, people we graduated college with, friends, relatives, the quick and the dead. Yeah, we've been going through the obituaries. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's calling people saying, so how does it feel? And we don't get a, we don't get a big response. No, what? but our real estate acumen has like gone way up. <laughs> <laughs> so you find people just uh, just anywhere. It just uh, you know you're just constantly looking for them. Do, do, do you get uh, inquiries about people calling you guys saying you know I'd like to be on your show? Sure, sure. There there are some people who are stupid enough to contact <laughs> us and to actually want to be interviewed, and we take advantage of them, of course. Uh, and uh, it, that has been very productive, really, uh, in those few cases where they've asked. But uh, we do have considerable resources because we're this old. Uh, so we have a lot of friends or former friends. And uh, that has been generally the source of our interviews. A lot of people that we've worked with in the past who have crawled back out of the woodwork and agreed to do an interview with us. Well, that's right, because, Paul, your uh, your background is in uh, comedy. You owned a comedy club in Houston. And, Jim, your background is in uh, as, a, as an actor and a voiceover uh, person. You know a lot of people in, uh, you know, in the business. That's, that's good. What's your most interesting interview you've ever had? Wow. Lydia Porter was kind of interesting. She's a Hispanic actress uh, that it, late in life had some success. You know, I got a starring role on the... Uh, a cable TV show, mm-hmm. uh, and Reno was just was tilling in the fields for years and years and years, and just really great actress. Yeah, wonderful actress. Yeah, and she's finding success in Hollywood, and which, which came to her late later in life. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, yeah, we've interviewed lots of people with very interesting backgrounds. Uh, the thing that I think they all share in common is that they have turned the page. They've got a new chapter going in their lives, and it has become really fascinating to see them really re-energized with what they're doing. I think in particular of a gentleman who was a professor at Rice University uh, for many years, very good professor, who developed um, Parkinson's and was no longer able to teach, uh, confined to a wheelchair, and decided, you know what, I've always wanted to take photographs. And so he started taking photographs, and it turns out he is really good. And so his photographs have become prized collector's items. He's been featured in several catalogs. He's had shows, and he's continuing to be very active 
even though sometimes he may have trouble holding a camera, he still takes gorgeous photography. It's mostly natural from his wheelchair. And he says, whatever I can see from my chair, I'm going to take a photograph of. Wow. That's yeah. a good attitude, man. That's yeah. a great attitude. Can I ask you guys something? Do you guys have kids? Well, of course. Of course. I have Paul's kids. He has my kids. <laughs> Do they listen to your show? Because it's I we listened. Um, Dale and I both listened to at least one episode, and it was really good. Do your kids listen? But I never asked them. Really? <laughs> I have two generations. I have a son that's in his 40s with grandkids, and then I have a daughter who is finishing up college. Um I can't get any of them to listen to the show. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's kind of self-serving. You're kind of embarrassed to say it. So mm. we, we uh, our show is really aimed at people in our age group, and that would rule out grandkids, certainly. Uh, and, and my daughter, too. She's interested in other, other kinds of things. Let's put it this way. It's our legacy, and someday when they're our age, they will appreciate listening to us. There you go. <laughs> Well, you know, we both have podcasts that are aimed towards baby boomers and a, a segment which is getting smaller every day because they ain't making any new ones, you know. That's so, uh, so yeah, as a matter of fact, the opening line of our podcast is the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. That's funny. We toss around uh, this uh, every so often. Do you have any topics that are off limits? Politics. Uh, we really don't want to have something uh, that would be divisive for our audience. And, you know, Lord knows politics is just dreadful these days. Uh, and, and I think religion, we try to tiptoe around that subject. But other than that... I mean, we dabble in politics, but we try and look at it from both sides. Because Carolyn is devoutly liberal, and uh, Tim and I lead more towards libertarian, and uh, so we we have we have some political debates. But it's 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 there primarily just to make fun of the politicians. I'm a staunch know. librarian, personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we have not found any uh, uh, Darth of subjects that no. I think. Are, are relevant to people our age without getting into something that is divisive. I mean, you know, it, it, you really don't want to have uh, everybody in your audience being of uh, either liberal or conservative because then you're preaching to the converted, you know? Yeah, and we think that there are so many subjects that are common to anybody, regardless of their politics, uh, the memories that we all share, the experiences that we have shared. E erectile dysfunction. I could do a series of shows just on erectile dysfunction. So could I. <laughs> <laughs> and well, Tim Slagle has yeah. been able to join us. He was on the other line with Spielberg working on some new movie deal. Good for you. And he's finally here. And that's uh, Wally Spielberg, the guy that's trying to sell memberships to Netflix. Uh, oh, I you've think... dealt with him before. Yeah, yeah. Nice guy. So, Tim, we're just talking about baby boomers. And just what uh, what kind of thing? Now we're on the topic of any topics that we don't talk about, and we usually. Oh, okay, let's talk about how many people listen to ours. Do you? <laughs> well, you missed the big news, man. You missed the big news right now. On according to a, a thing called Pod Status, in the category of comedy interviews (parentheses Mexico), we're number twenty-five. So yeah. we are. The other twenty-four are in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. We, we're in that same state of desperation. We were thinking of going door to door. Have you interviewed any futurists? 
Because I'm curious, no. there are all kinds of things that have disappeared since we were little. Like most recently, um, Sears. I've been by like 10 Sears stores that are all empty now. What do you think in the next 10 years for us baby boomers, are we going to look back on and go, you know, I kind of miss that. Uh, probably walking in the mall, I would imagine, <laughs> is going to be going away real quick. Yeah, you can't do that on Amazon, you know? Really, that's that's the health club for a lot of people our age. But uh, Exactly. There's a mall out this way. They're actually building, like, uh, senior living next to adjacent to the mall. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> so that's kind of popular. That's a great idea. Well, let me ask you guys one more question, and that's uh, it's a two-part question. First of all, what would you tell your 20-year-old self today? Well, I tell you, I, I probably couldn't have told my 20-year-old self much because <laughs> I was pretty convinced I knew I knew all the answers. But if I had to say something to it, it would probably be, uh, take good notes. You'll need them someday. Valid <laughs> <laughs> point. Very nice. Very nice. When I was 20, I was living on an island in the Pacific Ocean. And uh, I, if I could tell my 20-year-old self that, I would say, stay there. <laughs> stay there and buy real estate <laughs> and the second part of the question is if there were 20 year old listeners to your show or, or what advice would you pass on to the next generation of slackers and losers oh god don't listen to us that's what I would say <laughs> like what you've been hearing how about sharing the joy with your friends we could always use more listeners there are more episodes on the way, so stay tuned, keep howling at the moon, and be sure to get yourself and your family vaccinated.